Get ready for comedy. Elmo's horny. Politics. The gay spin on the story was like, Queen Elizabeth fucking loves us. Pop culture. I'm not a sports fan. I don't follow this shit. Sexual harassment of celebrity guests. And you are always welcome in my apartment in New York City. And by my apartment, I mean my bed. <laughs> and poetry. Hotter than Vesuvius, more well endowed than the Mastodon. It's the Adam Sank Show on Derek and Romaine 2.0. And for the next hour, you're in the ass. Oh, fuck yeah. And now, the one, the only, Adam Sank! Bottom. Giddy up, motherfuckers. Here we go. I'm Adam Sank. This is The Ass. Today is Sunday, July 8th. We are not live, so don't call us. Episodes of The Ass are now available on iTunes and other audio services. Please, please leave me your ratings and reviews on these services. Like the Facebook page. Email me at adam at adamsank.com. And remember, this is our last Sunday episode ever of The Adam Sank Show. Because beginning Saturday, yes, Saturday, July 14th, New episodes of The Ass will premiere on Saturdays at 11 a.m. Eastern Time. It's a whole new world. Sing it with me, Chris. A brand new place to understand. Right now we're in Crystal. You have a lovely voice, even though neither of us knows the words. That's the voice of Chris Harder, our guest co-host, who's back for another week. Come on, audience. Chris, how has so, your week been? Oh, it's so great to be back. It was busy. What did you do this Non-stop. week? Tell us everything. <laughs> I heard you won the lottery and broke your leg. Is that true? <laughs> oh, did I just chip my tooth in the mic? Oh, no. I would think you'd be used to big, hard things I, close well, you to know, your you mouth the, like I, that. I always put the lips over. Yeah. You yeah, know, I, was, mm-hmm. I recently had a very toothy blowjob. I'm always, aren't you always, like, I'm always impressed and surprised that another man hasn't gotten it through his head that like you don't put your dick on someone's teeth unless they ask you or vice versa right yeah or yeah teeth on yeah i mean no you shouldn't put your dick on someone's teeth no, you and shouldn't. you shouldn't put your teeth on someone's i agree with you i don't understand how any man is bad at giving head even I, a straight guy should be good at it i remember one time i got a blow job that was so bad i literally had bruises yeah on my dick the next day isn't it, that it, that's wrong yeah that's a hate crime I just had to say that, and and then I have I hate saying like watch your teeth, watch your teeth because I right, feel like such like wanna... a bossy like dom top which I'm not. <laughs> Do you really feel like? But a I'm, bossy like, dom I'm like top. watch your fucking teeth, <laughs> cocksucker! I don't want your fucking teeth. God, I hope my parents yeah. are listening. Um, Mine stopped a long time ago. <laughs> well, speaking speaking of things, <laughs> as well they should. They know it's good for them, Chris. Right. Um, well, speaking of uh, of blowjobs, our guest today—this <laughs> is a bad segue. Our guest today is going to be Mr. Brian Ballone, oh, and I see what uh, you did there. he is the current reigning Mr. GNI Leather. Now, what's GNI? You tell, ask. Tell me, G- what is GNI? It is—it's it, not part of your GI tract. That's what it sounds like. It's Ooh. the gay—it's <laughs> the Gay Naturists International. I have a hard time saying that word. Naturists. Naturists. A lot of consonants. Naturists are nudists, although there are some differences. Um, We will ask him about that. We'll ask what makes someone a naturist versus a nudist. And they have a, uh, the the Gay Naturist International have a big gathering every year. They gather all the naturists together at a campground in the Poconos, which are uh, right here uh, in the mountains of Pennsylvania, about an hour outside of New York. 
And uh, I have performed naked comedy <sighs> for them. I think it's like eight times. Wow. At you, least six times. You keep coming back from more nature. Yes. And they're all naked and I'm naked and it's a great time. And this August will be my very last time ever performing naked comedy because I'm retiring from stand-up at the end of this Are year. you really retiring from stand-up? Oh, yeah. We just talk about this after the show. Yeah, and I'll show you the Facebook post. It's a whole thing. Oh, God. Okay. But yeah, I'm, no, I'm not doing stand-up after 2018. So anyway, but back to Brian. Brian uh, has a, is a longtime member. Mm-hmm. Uh, member uh, uh, of GNI, and every year they have a, a, a leather pageant, among other contests, and it's called Mr. GNI Leather. And even though they're naked, they're also wearing leather. And he is the current reigning Mr. GNI Leather. So we're going to talk to him about the leather community, mm-hmm. about naturism, about what goes on at the gathering, and why he prefers to be naked whenever he possibly can. Yeah, because that is a real commitment. It's a commitment. For one thing, you have to bring a towel everywhere you go. Otherwise, everywhere. You, know, you leave ass prints. Windex or something. You know, <laughs> little Purell. Yeah. Some ass cleanser. We'll be talking to him at the bottom of the hour. But speaking of bottom, Whoa. Uh, Toll Road. Do you ever read tollroad.com? You know, I don't. I feel like a bad gay, but I don't. It's a popular gay blog, and they recently published an article called Good Clean Gay Sex, Best Practices for Better Bottoming. Oh, God. And this, uh, this piqued my interest. Uh, the article published the results of a new survey of 300 gay men that were, was released by Bespoke Surgical, a self-described elite anal surgery practice led by Dr. Evan Goldstein, who, full disclosure, is the one who removed my anal warts. Wow. And my yes, I am a patient at you Bespoke have- Surgical. I'm not be- a paid spokesperson. I would like to be... You're a fancy doctor, a fancy-ass doctor. He's literally the foremost gay-ass doctor in New York City. Really? We're going to have him on the show in a few months. Oh, my God. Yeah, probably in September. So anyway, um, here were the results of the survey. It was very, very interesting. First of all, 37% of respondents always use a condom during anal sex. That's over a third. That is 21% occasionally do. 16% said never. I think it's higher. I think, well, I mean, especially from last week's episode, yeah, I would be interested in in seeing those statistics. Yeah. What was their reasoning? Is the whole thing it's about cleanliness? Well, like, they were interested in, in cleanliness, yes, um, but also they were asked about condom usage and just sort of the frequency of how often they have sex. Um, 79% of those polled said that they think about cleanliness always or most of the time during anal sex while just nine percent never think about it those how can the, you never think those about are the it? real thoughtless assholes literally <laughs> where they're like yeah sure put it in there those are let's some sloppy happens. dirty I, bottoms that's a make plant palm earlier let's do this <laughs> i mean go come on of course i think about it every time i first of all when I think of you, <laughs> I lube my ass up. I, I'm not going to buy, first of all, I'm not going to let anyone near my ass, even if it's just to, to stick their tongue in, uh-huh. unless I have showered since my last trip to the toilet. Right, yeah. That's just, just manners. Yeah. You know, one time I remember my mom stayed with me, and I always, you know, I always have like on the back of the toilet seat a little, a little thing of baby wipes, and she's like, why do you have baby wipes, Christopher? And I was like, 
well, mother, because I'm an adult homosexual, do you want to discuss more? And she didn't. But, you know, I feel like, <laughs> you know, gay men especially um, are more conscious about whole whole etiquette. Yes. Whole efficacy. Appearance. Yeah. Uh, exercise. The whole thing. No, I the think even, even if you're a straight guy, you shouldn't want to walk around all day with a shitty, stinky ass. Yeah. I, again, yeah. It's just, um, you know. Who wants that? Anyone. No one ever complained about a hole being too clean. Thank you. Unless that wasn't their thing. Chris, that should be the title of your memoir. It's, it's, my, it's my second solo show, <laughs> actually. Nobody ever complained about a hole being too clean. Well, as for the frequency of anal sex, 39% said they have it a couple times a week. Oh, oh. That, oh, it's that oh. flip-flop video again of, oh, of Chris. Yeah, it's my. I'm a, a very skilled marathon runner. Twenty-four percent races. Twenty-four <laughs> percent said they have it a couple times a week. Thirteen percent said they have it daily. Those are some some daily. How many are having it daily? Daily anal sex. Thirteen percent. I mean, those are good. That, those are good bottoms. Again, I'm just impressed with the with the time commitment. I mean. Because again, you know, if you're especially if you're bottoming, I just feel like it's not like you just, you know, even a, a grinder date, right? You have to have some thought, some prep put into it. One right? would hope, but uh, again, if you're a real power bottom, and, or you're just like a sex pig, and you want to get fucked every single day, I guess you already have it worked out. You are ready, yeah. and and like we talked about last week, Doctor Goldstein told me that these bottoms, they're really good at bottoming. They know when they're clean. They sure. know when when it's a good time. They're able to control their hole. Wow. Um, Can I, I yes. Just, as a side note, I remember one time reading an article about a gay porn star. Was like, let me tell you how I prep for my scene. And he was like, a week before I start eating a diet, I'm like, fuck you. Yeah, no. Who has time for that? Who has time? That, the money is not that good. So a when week you before when you did porn, you what was your? Did you have a r- ritual? Always, you know, Adam. I always like to say the secret to great bottoming is not what you eat the day of; it's what you eat the day before. Ah. So the day before, I just you know, no greens. Simple, bland carbs, protein, a little bit of healthy fat. How about bananas, rice? Bananas, yeah. And also, I eat breakfast the morning of a scene too. I just, you know, you kind of. Everyone is different. I remember one time doing a scene with a guy who was chugging Pepto Bismol, and I was like, "What do you?" I was like, "Do you not feel well?" Already anticipating, like, yeah, a, a really that's scary, a really dirty day. And he's like, "No, I just eat throughout the day, and you know, I drink Pepto Bismol, and everything's fine." I mean, oh, you know, that's not healthy. Yeah, you know, some guys do like. Emodium the night before. I don't know. I feel like. I feel like you just gotta be smart about it. Don't eat, you know, a full Italian dinner. I know I keep referencing Italian yeah, food, but. It's very racist. Mexican food, whatever. Don't eat a big meal before you get fucked up the butt, people. I just have to. I just have to be empty. I mean, clearly, if I've had diarrhea that day, it's not happening. But I have to be empty emotionally. I have to have no. Um, really, no soul. Um, and then I, I feel like, uh, you know, that's what the dick is for. It fills me up with, with what <laughs> right, I'm lacking. That's not untrue. But, uh, but yeah, I, I have to be empty. I have to be freshly showered. That's my routine. I don't douche. I don't use enemas. And oh, here's what other people said. 42% said they always or frequently use an anal cleanser. 38% said rarely or never. And 21% said sometimes. Interesting. Wait, so you don't flush out the system? I, I flush out my system. I feel like that's, that's the best way to be clean. Even if you have a full meal, like I could eat. And then sure, six hours be. later, flush, flush out. I'm ready, good to go. So Dr. Goldstein says that douching too often can lead to health problems. Well, I don't believe I don't that. have sex too often. So 
I don't do it too often. <laughs> what kind of health problems? Well, if you're doing it every day, you can lengthen your colon, and that can oh. lead to constipation later in life. Um, it's not threatening, life-threatening, but it's, he says it's a real pain in the ass, so Ooh. to speak. Um, he says there's little chance that you're going to run into anything up there anyway. Well, you know, there is... Wait, wait, you have to hear this quote. What? This is the quote from Dr. Goldstein. Imagine if you line up 10 guys and you're going to top them all. Even if they haven't prepared, 9 out of 10 will be completely stool-free. No way. That's what he says. So we have this idea that, you know, everyone's just going to be filled with shit. But right. honestly, most people aren't most of the time. Well, I feel like it's even that idea of like, you know, if you, you know, if you sit down on a seat and you're naked, I mean, your, your butt's not covered with poop, right? Like most, most people have a conscious... A conscious, cleanly hole, maybe? I don't know. I don't know, Adam. It's 99 degrees in New York. I'm walking around with a pack of baby wipes in my backpack right now. You're you're a good bottom. I'm just a, a human being who wants to smell good and have a hygienic asshole. That's what we all want. That's no, all. I mean, so the reason I don't use, and then we have to move on because we have like a million <laughs> other stories. We've really We've spent deep. like 20 minutes on bottoming. Uh, um, our guests, please feel free to sit down and make yourselves comfortable. We have three handsome gentlemen just yes. entered the room and we're all very worked up over it, even though they're a little early. Um, so uh, on, I have found when I've used enemas or whatever those like fleet uh -huh. enema things, it, it makes me kind of sore and um. I feel like I have to take a shit for the next like 24 hours even though I don't mm -hmm. it's it, that that like nerve inside me is stimulated and I don't like that feeling so I find if I just empty out sure take a nice hot shower uh -huh. lots of soap on the fingers really the fingers go up inside rinse it out then this is key when I get out of the shower uh -huh. little moisturizer there oh. so that it's nice and supple Curel oh. I love me some Curel and it makes for a happy hole, and I'm I'm clean ninety nine percent of the time. I would say so. Adam sank, clean clean 99. hole. Ninety nine percent of men surveyed said that my asshole was always clean. Quick question for you: when Yes, you, when you have used the animals, did you empty out the the fluid in it, or did you just use that? Because I always I emptied out, and I just use warm water. Oh no, I use the saline that See, it comes with. You're saying that's the problem? Yeah, I've heard that from a lot of people. If you use just like yeah, everyone's, everyone's in their head is vigorously like. Apparently, everyone, head. every gay man yeah. knows this except for yeah, me. Yeah, don't use that flu because it, it's you know a, a traditional enema is designed to like over a period of time help your body empty itself out. <laughs> you don't want that. I'm just, you want like the quick, hard flush. I'm just thinking about the fact that a friend of mine from high school just told me that one of her daughter's high school aged friends listens to this show, and I'm just thinking of this high school girl at home listening to this extensive oh, yeah. discussion of anal douching. Um, anyway, moving on, this is a fucked up and terrible story that caught my eye because when I saw the headline, I said, how, how does this even happen mm. in, in this day and age? The headline is man awarded $18.4 million after doctors completely botched his HIV test. Wow. Uh, meaning that they said he was positive or they said they he told was him negative? he was negative. Well, not exactly. Here's what happened. The guy's name is Sean Stentiford, and back in 2007, he was told by a doctor that he was demonstrating symptoms highly suggestive of HIV infection. So, he... This is such a complicated story. Let's break it down in the next 30 seconds. 
basically he was told by his doctor he went in for all of these different tests right and the doctor said to him you're fine everything's fine he did not specifically ask the doctor did you test me for hiv so the doctor so he just assumed that he had been tested and that he was being given a negative result and then years later all of the you know the, the disease progressed he wound up suffering a brain damage and oh, cognitive God. impairment that ended his career as a lawyer there was an emotional 8-day trial in US district court after which the jury ultimately determined that uh, the doctors, there were two doctors involved, were both negligent in their care of this patient and, that had, and they had caused him further injury. Um, a third doctor, an infectious disease specialist, was also negligent, but his actions didn't cause uh, the patient any harm, the jury found. So he gets $18 million now, but like, who well, the fuck cares? Like, right. your, your life is irreparably damaged because of this. That is horrible. My, my only other question, though, is he's never had an HIV test since 2007? Well, that's what's curious about it. And I think the one takeaway that we all have to have is, if, if, if first of all... Get tested. Get tested regularly. regularly. Like, at least once a year, if not once every six months. But also, if you're suffering from any kind of strange medical symptoms or cognitive impairment, like... Go to your doctor. Get tested for everything. Yeah, yeah, that is. And 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 when you see any doctor and have had tests, and I always do this with my doctor. I'm like, did you test for her syphilis? Mm, sure. Did sure. you test for you know? I ask him everything I want to know about because I just don't. I don't just assume that when he says, "Oh, everything's fine," that everything's fine. So I'm not blaming him. No, no, these of doctors not. clearly fucked up. Right. But, also, I feel like, you know, where I consider us lucky living in a, a major metropolitan city. When I moved here, I immediately sought out, like, Googled gay doctors. Yes. And that's not always an option, but I, you know, if you haven't and you have access to healthcare, Google gay doctors in your area and, and see what might come up. Because the more that you feel comfortable being able to talk about your sexual health, your lifestyle, you know, the better that you can be treated and, and get the health care that you That's deserve. such good advice. And in New York, we have more gay doctors than other cities have gay people. We have the best gay-ass so, doctor in New York City. I, I have the best gay-ass doctor, Dr. Evan Goldstein. Um, in another very disturbing story, a Salem police officer, this is in Salem, Massachusetts, uh, denies raping a young man who was in his custody in a, a precinct broom closet. He says that the encounter was sexual. I'm sorry. <laughs> the, the encounter was consensual? Consensual. Thank you. Um, but prosecutors begged to differ. They argued that the young man felt he had no choice but to give in after the officer propositioned him. According to police documents, uh, this guy is brought into protective custody for being drunk and flooding his motel room at a place called the Clipper Ship Inn. According to police documents, the young man took off his clothes because they were soaking wet because he had flooded his hotel room and asked for a blanket uh, and if he could use the phone to call for a ride home. As he was dialing the number, the police officer reached under the blanket and began, began fondling him. Then uh, the, guy, the officer took him to a broom closet and asked if he could perform a sex act on him. I'm oh, assuming God. it's a blowy. Right. Um, the victim says, what else could I do? I was in fear because he was a police officer. But here's the wrinkle to this story, Chris. The police officer is married to a woman named Mary Butler, who's the chief of police in Salem, Massachusetts. Whoa. So it's really not looking good for him. No. 
because it's one thing to be accused of sexual assault of a, another man. It's another thing when your wife is the chief of police Why? and you do it. Um, also, don't, I mean, if a cop does that to, or not, sorry, a cop, but if a, a prison guard does that to any inmate, regardless of sexuality, gender, they, they get charged as a sex offender, right? Oh, yeah. I'm only saying this because I watched a lot of Orange is the New Black, which I know <laughs> is technically not. It, listen, that's all the legal training that you need. Right. I'm ready. Where's well, the, sorry, go ahead. No, just stupid joke. Um, well, <laughs> the story first broke a couple weeks ago, and there was just an update on it, which is that a Salem Superior Court jury found Officer Butler guilty, not of rape, but of indecent assault and battery. Hmm. Uh, he was sentenced to three and a half to five years in state prison on the indecent assault and battery charges. It's Jesus. a curious verdict. Yeah. It's a curious verdict because if it's indecent assault, that would mean it's not consensual. Maybe the definition of rape, different states have very technical definitions and maybe there has to be penetration. Yeah, I don't know. I, yeah, that, that, that's an excellent point. Um, it's clearly like a sexual assault, uh, but wow. Uh, the victim spoke in court before sentencing. He said, I'm not okay. I'm not good. Frankly, none of this should be happening, and for me, it won't ever stop. The um, the incident happened back uh, the morning of Halloween in 2016. This has been a while. Yeah, well, it takes a while for things to get to, to a jury a lot of times. But the moral of the story is um, don't have sex with somebody in your custody, even if you think it's consensual, because it's not. You can't right. consent when you're being handcuffed and uh, and held at a police precinct. And also, if you're gay... Don't marry, Don't marry the woman. female chief of police. Right. <laughs> so many takeaways to this so story. Many, so many life lessons. Well, I hope the, was the, um, not the defendant, was the guy that he assaulted, was he, okay? I mean, did he end up? I think okay, he was, I think he was released uh, you're, yeah. you're, uh, in terms of his charges. Yeah. Well, he was brought in for being drunk and flooding right, a hotel right. room. It wasn't like he was going to serve any jail time anyway. Right. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if after this he sues the city of Salem and gets a nice, healthy settlement absolutely in other news in kansas where these things tend to happen a man repeatedly attempted to have sex with a parked car hmm. and was arrested this is actual audio of him fucking the car and the car sounds really angry how is he trying to have sex with the car 23 year old ryan malik was accused of exposing himself with the intent of arousing or gratifying sexual desires uh, and trying to engage sexually with the tailpipe oh. of a parked car. I'm always fascinated by the things people try to fuck and the things people shove up their asses. Right. Because it often sounds not... Uh, it sounds like a toothy blowjob, Exactly. Right? Like, like a tailpipe is metal and has sharp. that sharp edge and it's also not very big. Right? I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I feel like there's so many things that would feel better to stick your dick into than yes. a metal tailpipe of a car. But, you know, some people are obsessed with cars. Yeah, I never have been one of those people, you know. What are some places you've stuck your dick other um, than a, another person? You know, I'm trying to think. I feel like I did. I feel like I did that thing a lot of teenagers, you know, like with the. With the pillows or I mean, I never had like dirty some, pillows, the dirty pillows. I never had like some like special you know fuck sack that i made out of like a bag of pento beans or whatever it was just yeah i wasn't that resourceful how I, about you i mean i'm trying to remember it would have had to have been when i was young 
um, and desperate and trying new things. I don't remember sticking my dick into anything, but I remember sticking things at my butt. Yeah, I was going to say, actually, if anything, I mean, I was a little, yeah. So what, what was the... Well, I remember... I really, sometimes I think about my family listening and I'm just like, God, I hope they're not listening. And they usually yeah. don't. But I remember <laughs> taking a frozen hot dog out Whoa. of the freezer and defrosting it. And, and defrosting And it. sticking it part, <laughs> one of our guests is raising his hands. Uh, and and p- sticking it partially at my butt and then throwing it away. I did not like put it in the fridge. Nobody ate it. Sure, of course. Well, I, I don't mean. think. But um, that, and I also remember we had a rubber hand in my house, like a novelty item. It was like a, a hand that that could stand up on a, an on a table. And I, I why did <laughs> adolescent, weren't you? <laughs> I didn't put the whole hand up there. It was like a, the thumb or the pinky. Just the pinky. Yeah. Just I was the pinky. Listen, I didn't have real anal sex till I was in my 20s. I did not understand oh, yeah. how it worked. I, no one told me about lube. I tried to get fucked by one of my friends senior year and it was like just basically just hitting it against a wall. There was oh, no God. penetration. Right. I was as tight as a drum and we didn't have lubricant. And we just, you know, you don't know. You don't. Yeah. It's, I mean, literally, I mean, seriously, on a serious note, that so much of that has changed. I feel like hopefully. Oh, for, yeah. You know, college no, but, kids are crazy pigs now. Yeah. Crazy. Like I have my friends who have hooked up with, with, with guys uh, who are of age, uh-huh. but still in college, the stories they tell me make my hair curl. When I was in college, I thought like, Getting a blowjob from a guy was the most shocking thing yeah, one could ever do. Me too. Now They're having just, orgies. They just pass out poppers at NYU. It's yeah. It's like big bowls. It's part right? of your it's orientation. NYU, yeah. <laughs> Congratulations on becoming a student at NYU. Here are your poppers and your lube. Room. Here's your prescription for prep. We suggest you start immediately. <laughs> um, Chris, in Virginia, imagine this. You're in your car. Okay. You're driving along. I wish I had a car. <laughs> Imagine that you're a woman in Warrington, Virginia with your own car and you're driving and suddenly a snake comes out of the vent of your car. Yeah, that sounds like my, pretty much my expression. Laura Laura Goff was startled when the two and a half foot long serpent entangled itself in her phone cord. This is as Wait, she's driving. Phone cord? You know when your your phone is plugged into the oh, dashboard okay. for charging or playing music. She pulls over and calls animal control. A Fauquier County Sheriff's Office spokesperson says that a responding officer with his own snake phobia tried to catch the snake, but it slipped out of sight. She returned to work. She's a pretty calm, cool, collected customer. That yeah. audio of screaming was just a little joke that I threw in. That wasn't her. But she returned to work, and she put sticky rodent traps under her seat. They remained empty during the 10-minute commute home. The next morning, her husband discovered the snake alive and stuck to a trap. Wow. Goff's husband says he disposed of it in some fashion, but she prefers not to know how. My biggest fear is always that I'm going to be on the toilet. And a snake so is going like to slither up, up into my ass. Well, just hope that you're fresh. <laughs> One hopes that I'm fresh and that happens because I wouldn't want to offend the snake. No, no. Was it like a garter snake? It was or? a garter snake. Okay, it was well, two and a half is. feet long. But to have it come out, I mean, that's a horror movie. To have it come out yeah. of your fucking that's radiator like vent. Snakes on a plane. Yeah. yeah. There's too many motherfucking snakes in this motherfucking <laughs> SUV. <laughs> <laughs> I like that she like was like I'm gonna trap it in a rodent trap. Yeah, she was a resourceful lady. She's a, she's a career girl. Yeah, she's going places. She's like fuck this snake. 
I'm a trap you. I have a very important business lunch to get to. I'm a very important businesswoman in Warrington, Virginia. (laughs) What was the name of the county, though? Fakakwa? It's like Lord Farquhar from Shrek. (laughs) It's F-A-Q... Wait a minute. F-A-U-Q-U-I-E-R. Fokier? Fakwar. 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 Fuck y'all. Fuck y'all's county. Hashtag Fakwar. I'm from Fakwar County, Virginia. And I got a snake in my van. Anyway, my last story before we introduce our fabulous guest and find out about these gentlemen that he brought with him. Uh, there is a gay, openly gay representative in Congress from Pennsylvania. His name is uh, Brian Sims. Mm-hmm. And you can Google him. He's super hot. Um he had a special greeting for Vice President Mike Pence when Pence came to visit uh, in Philadelphia. He represents Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. Um, he posted an Instagram picture of himself giving Mike Pence the finger. Wow. And he wrote, to be clear, we're a city of soaring diversity. We believe in the power of all people to live and to contribute black brown, queer, trans, atheist, immigrant. We want you and we'll respect you. So keep that in mind while you're here raising money to attack more families, spread more lies, blaspheme with your Bible, and maybe even talk to a woman without your wife in the room. We have plenty of diverse people and they're pretty much all more powerful and more real than you have ever been. So get bent, then get out. Well, okay, so how do you, I mean... That's awesome. I'm so glad he's in the office. But, like, you know, do you feel like it undermines? I mean, that statement could be so much more powerful without a photo of him giving the finger. So the reason I wanted to do this story is because we're having this debate right now, right, about civility. Right. And about how we treat our political opponents. And... You know, you have Samantha Bee calling Ivanka Trump a feckless cunt. Right. And Peter Fonda saying that he hopes that uh, Baron Trump gets separated from his parents and locked up with a pedophile. I I don't think those things are helpful. I think they're Mm -hmm. harmful. That, to me, is not the same as flipping off Donald Trump or Mike Pence. Really? I draw a line there. Because, first of all... uh, But you're an elected official. I just feel like it's so immature. You know what? Okay, I wish he had written exactly what he wrote and and didn't do the middle finger salute. And maybe like you're right. A, maybe photo maybe of him and his husband or him and his part. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, or or just maybe like him smiling would have been even more effective. I I think it is a we're, we have to walk such a delicate line because I do think we are at a point now we have an actual fascist government and we have to stand up every minute of every day and say no, right. this is not okay. We will not accept this, and that includes I'm sorry, not serving Sarah Huckabee fucking Sanders in your restaurant if you don't want to. Yeah, and even that was you know I. Feel like the restaurant owner wasn't derogatory. No, her. she just told her very to polite. Leave, you know, I supported that a hundred percent. I'm not going to serve you. You lie every mm-hmm. single day on behalf of a fascist. Right. You're destroying our country. You're helping to destroy our country. I'm not. You're not welcome in my restaurant, and that's not discrimination. If if some if a if a if Bill Cosby walks into your bar, mm-hmm. you don't serve him. Right. Because he's a rapist. I feel like it's just so important for people and and it's a hard lesson to remember and certainly I have to think about, you know, myself all the time is, you know, when you react that angrily right away, you just you give away any kind of power that you I, I know it's so cheesy. I guess. But In this case, I think because he's gay and hot, I really just I'm fine with anything he does. You're like, okay, what when the <laughs> um I'm gonna sound like an idiot, but when the Alabama um 
Roy Moore. Yeah, everyone was like, "Yay, Roy Moore!" But did you see his son? Like, no, that wasn't Roy Moore's son. That was oh, the no, guy that Roy beat Moore. him. That um, was um, God. can't remember his name. But yeah, the guy, the Democrat who won, has <laughs> exactly. a fucking no hot gay his son. Name, but it's like, yeah, that new guy with the hot gay son. Well, in that vein, our guest today is also <laughs> quite sexy, and he holds a very, very special title. And this requires a little. Uh, Explanation. As I said earlier, there's this organization, the Gay Naturist International, or GNI, a worldwide group of gay men who enjoy living their lives naked as the weather and law permits. Um, and every year in August, they have this big gathering in the Poconos Mountains. Um, so one of the many events they have at GNI is Mr. GNI Leather Pageant. So please give a, a warm-ass welcome to the reigning Mr. GNI Leather, Brian Ballone. Yay. Come on! Welcome, Brian. Thank you, Adam. Is it Bologna or Bologna? Bologna. Okay. But because it, it's one of those Italian names where you don't know whether you say the E or not, right? Correct. Bologna. All right. Uh, we should say that Brian is clothed, but he's wearing his leather uh, Mr. GNI sash. He's got a leather cap. What do you call that hat? That's Garrison a, cap. Garrison cap. And, and the wrist cuffs. Gauntlets. Okay. See, I don't know any of this. Did you know that, Chris? I didn't know that they were called gauntlets. No. But I, I think I knew, I knew the, the hat. It looks great. I yeah, like you. Sad. You look yeah. very sexy. Brian, uh, who did you bring with you today? Who are these two men? My husband, Daryl. Hey, Daryl. Hi. And? And Troy Jones, our boy. Hi, Troy. Oh, he's your boy. Yes. So explain what that means in terms of uh, your, your relationship. Oh, that's a whole other topic. It's <laughs> a whole other podcast. Right? That's an entire other podcast. How does one but get to be your boy? Are you taking applications Oh, applications are closed at this point. Oh, dear. Once you find perfection. I'm always too late. I'm also 46, which I think pretty much disqualifies me from being a boy. You could be a boy boy at 46. I could be? Yes. State of mind, not necessarily an age. Good to know. (laughs) Brian, for people who don't know about naturism, what is it? Why do people do it? And how is it different from nudism? Nudism or naturism, intertwined term... not necessarily people go right to it, like, oh, you hug trees. No, we like to be outdoors without our clothes on. Okay. Enjoy the mm-hmm. sunshine. Do you find that nudists, is it more that like naturists are literally like nude within the environment and a nudist is like nude at home, nude in the car, nude kind of wherever else? Is, is the nature like more of a more of an element to it? One could say, you could probably say probably nudists are more the people who like to just be nude everywhere. Uh-huh. Uh, if you want to split hairs, probably people could say naturists like to be outdoors only and naked. Gotcha. But we should point out that at GNI, at the gathering, you guys are naked 24-7. You're naked at, at meals. Or, or if you're not naked, like sometimes what they do, Chris, is like let's say it's chilly because it gets cold in the Poconos. Hey. They'll wear like pajamas, but there'll be a big hole for your dick really and so your dick is like always exposed right really yeah gni is not clothing optional it is a nude event oh okay and that means indoors outdoors mealtime correct so so is it you know because i've been you know to sex parties or sex clubs where it's like this is a mandatory clothes check it's not like you walk around in a pair of jeans with your shirt off like if you're here you're you're committed right so is it are those is it like you're if you're there you're committed if you're there you're committed out. sometimes for people who are attending for the first time maybe the first day they'll give you a little bit of slack and leniency but like you, we have this thong we have an intro thong yeah you right wear for the first three hours and then it dissolves off your body very soon after that well when you agree to go you're aware that this is a nude event sure 
How did you first get into naturism? I got into it probably over 25 years ago when I went and found the nude beach at Sandy Hook. Oh, yes. Gunnison. Right here in New Jersey. Yeah. Parked in the parking lot. Didn't know where it was. Of course, didn't want to ask where it was and started to walk in the wrong direction. Where, the spent, pe- where people are closed. Spent the whole afternoon walking around the northern hook of oh, Sandy Hook and went home without it and then went home and quietly called Gateway National Recreation Park Security and said, is there really a nude beach at Sandy Hook? <laughs> <laughs> and they told me yes. And I said, oh, that's great because I parked at the parking lot and went the wrong direction. Yeah, it's, a, there's, it's completely split. One side is oh, naked okay. and the other side's not. So after that, you started... Uh, going to the nude beach, I assume. Started going to the nude beach, started to meet friends who went there, got involved with a lot of nude modeling with artists who mm. were there, and then found nude clubs like Rock Lodge in northern New Jersey, and then found GNI. And what does it do for you when you're out in the open naked and with other naked people? What, what's pleasurable, pleasurable about it for you? It's just very freeing and very relaxing. And what's funny is some of the times after you're finished an event like that, you will have realized, oh, my God, I wanted to see, say, Adam naked. And I didn't look at his dick the whole time because you totally tune it out. That's actually true. Having been there a number of times, it's, you know, everyone is naked. And after a while, it just becomes a blur of penises. And it's like and also when you're having a conversation with someone, especially someone you just met, it's rude to, to be like, I mean, I feel rude to just be like staring at their dick the whole right. time. So sometimes I don't even get a look. Right. I'm right. just looking at their Out face. Decorum. Dick Corum. Dick. Brian, I, uh, I've, you know, I've done this gig a number of times. I think I, this is going to be like my seventh or eighth time performing naked at GNI and my last time. A lot of other comedians that I know who I've talked to over the years, because I've tried to bring other comedians with me and they're like, no fucking way. Would I do that? I'm too fat. I'm too old. My dick is too small. Blah, 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 blah. I haven't worked out. I don't go to the gym. And I try to tell them that is not at all what GNI is about. GNI is actually about the opposite of that. Can you explain that to the listeners? GNI is really what you make of it. It's like anything, anytime you go anywhere. You can go there with a book and sit by the pool all day and not interact with anyone socially. If you really wanted to be that way, you could go find some trail in the woods to go hiking or you can completely bury yourself in every activity that's available every evening there's a disco that's run by the guys called the disco boys there's a cabin that's leading up to it that has their theme they just like to provide drinks and snacks to the guys all night if it's it's really what you want to make of it years ago there was someone who liked orchids and they gave an orchid demonstration so if you have a talent a skill or a passion we actually encourage you to bring it and teach people what your passion is and that's great but i was talking more about body image and the fact that you know when when See, the point is is i didn't even answer your question because i didn't even think about that right but but Mm -hmm. everything that you would do everywhere takes place at gni just without clothing right and and I think the point that I was trying to get you to, to cover is that all body types are, are welcome and celebrated. That part of naturism, at least as far as I can see, is about not needing to have a six pack, not needing to be a muscle guy, not needing to, to be, you know, super skinny. There's there's people of all different sizes, all different ages. And, and in that sense, for me, it's kind of the opposite of these gay cruises I've been on where I feel like if I'm one pound overweight, then no one's going to pay attention to me. 
Very true. Right? I mean, I feel like, isn't that part of naturism is, is sort of body love and body acceptance? It's accepting everyone for who they are, what they look like, regardless of where they come from. It just surpasses everything that you would, it's probably the opposite of the cruise that you're talking about. Yeah. Well, especially, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, and uh, having like, well, I don't know, I think I worked a few like swinger parties once, but, you know, like, it's very different, I think, as gay men or people who associate as gay men, like, our environments are always about, you know, like, youth worship and body worship. Yes. And, you know, so there's always, I feel like so many times going into events geared towards gay men, you think like, oh, my God, I have to, like look like this or be this person but the the naturist um again it's not about um showing off right or or about trying to um be better than someone it's it's about being your best self together right Right. having your own experience you know there is a gym at at the campground it's this little tiny gym and I'm the only one who ever uses it, I feel like, because <laughs> it's so not that that it it isn't those gays. Sure. Do you know, it's not yeah. it's not the gays who feel like, oh, my God, I'm on vacation, but I still have to work out every day. Right. I like working out there because it's the only time I ever get to work out naked. And it's really fun to, like, see myself in the mirror and be like, oh, that's what my ass looks like when I'm doing this or that's what my you know that's uh-huh. what my stomach looks like underneath the waistline when I'm I'm going to make sure that, that they put on the program this year in the mornings when you're working out to just have an audience for you come <laughs> see Adam Sank please work, do not work right. out naked this is the best time you know me though I don't I'm actually kind of an introvert the whole time I'm there when I'm not on stage because of course I was going to say introverts go on stage naked and tell jokes well but <laughs> but like most comedians it's like I like to show up do the gig and and leave like it, the problem here's the problem with being a comedian and meeting your audience and hanging out with your audience is they expect you to be funny and to be on the way that we are on stage but actually when I'm not on stage I just kind of want to chill mm-hmm. and I love talking to people and I've met amazing guys at G&I but everyone like comes up to me and they're like tell me a joke and I'm like I don't I know I don't have a joke <laughs> let's just have a chat well maybe this year you need to go to the aerobics there's aerobics oh. every morning, and there's a whole tennis uh, tennis ball court full of people doing aerobics. I'm, and I'm also, this it. year we're having a, a sort of a sidebar, a yoga retreat, which is actually sold out. That wow, nice. There's also two giant pools. It's really, it's a beautiful um, campground. Brian, take us through the leather competition. What did you have to do to win this title, this coveted title? There were two competitions that took place as part of it. The first one was a surprise. You showed up with a partner. You had a choice to either be the dominant or the submissive. Mm-hmm. They handed us as a surprise a basket full of clothespins. <clears throat> and if you decided to be the top, you had to put all those clothespins, clip them onto the person that was working with you. Oh, my. oh, wow. Once you finished getting them on there and you said done, they ended up handing a surprise another bucket of clothespins to you to add more to it. And you oh could put them God. anywhere you wanted. Uh-huh. They just had to stay on there. It wasn't, they didn't tell you, but it wasn't just a matter of getting them on there, but also seeing if you could put them in some sort of symmetrical pattern on there as well. So I'm thinking nipples. Nipples, ears, wow. anything that pinching skin on arms, the chest. Fingers. That was part of it. Another uh, competition was the next day. It was uh, bondage in a bag. They handed you a hefty bag full of things that you couldn't see inside. And once they called time with another partner, you had to decide whether you were going to apply the items in the bag or have them applied to you. 
you dumped it out, and in there was uh, a wooden spoon, a bungee cord, two zip ties, a bandana, more clothespins, 50 feet of rope. Uh, This uh, seems more like bondage than leather to me. That was that aspect of it. Right. It was a competition for fun to see what you could actually do with it. With the secret of that one was making sure that you also used the garbage bag. Oh. oh. Do you did you have the same partner each day or I did have the same partner each or, day. Or, or some people's partners like, look, I, I really hope you win, but I'm done. I'm out. No. Like <laughs> And were you the Dom or the sub? I was the Dom in both of those. And I had called upon one of the other former Mr. G and I leather winners from about three or four years ago. Oh wow. He was very happy to help. So you had you had some training in a little, what a little things bit. to do and what not to do. Correct. Now the that leather one isn't the only pageant though. You guys, there's a uh, a Miss Lace pageant, which is essentially a naked drag pageant, if you can imagine that, Chris. Oh, cool. And there's also Mr. Bear Bear. Correct. Mr. Bear Bear is. <laughs> I love that name. B B A R E. Yes. B E A R. Right. So it's the naked bear. Right. And of course, those are the the bear guys who. Have their own competitions, which included swimming across the pool to rescue a cup of Teddy Graham cookies in a cup and have to swim back across the pool with it. And they had a couple other contests within their uh-huh. their contest. He has also a sash for the year. And Miss Lace, they have a talent portion of it and people bring their dresses and their wigs and their makeup and it's an entire another pageant that's on friday night do they actually wear clothes then for they that? do oh, okay. they do you're gonna try to rob a drag queen of a chance to put on like, well, like but is but, there like a but it's the same thing chris where like she might be in a dress but like her dick sticking out no not all of them a lot of the times that's what i've really? seen sometimes yeah i mean any way they can get the dick out is is like for wow. the better at gni i would i, I would guess uh, not all the drag queens do that. Some of them, if, especially if their song is going to be leading in the direction of swinging or right. So I, I imagine then that with um, with the Mr. Leather G and I, then you're always. I mean, even if you're wearing leather, you're exposed somehow or right. You may have chaps it. on yeah. or or have a harness uh-huh. or a hat and gauntlets or a vest, mm-hmm. boots. Okay. And there's definitely, uh, from what I've experienced, an overlap between the leather and bear communities with the naturist community, right? It seems like a, a, a high percentage of naturists fall into one or one or more of these groups. I wouldn't say at GNI that people fall into one or more. I mean, I participate actually in the Miss Lace contest as well. Yes. We should say, didn't you win? No, I have not won yet. <laughs> it would have been awesome if you could be Mr. Leather and Miss Lace on, in the same year. That would be quite, uh, quite no, a feat. It didn't happen. That's okay. What's your drag name? Justine Trouble. Justine oh, that's Trouble. Cute. And she is uh, everything I'm pretty much not in the kink world. She always wears yellow. She's into water sports. Mm-hmm. She usually goes on stage with a kiddie pool and a big gallon <laughs> of water. And she's been known to gift bouquets of flowers and then get criticized because they're actually a, a bunch of asparagus tired in caution tape. Wow. Because wow, <laughs> if you play in water sports, you definitely you don't, don't want asparagus. Be, you yeah. don't want asparagus. That's I remember elastic. bartending a water sports party once, and I was like, where's the alcohol? And they're like, nope, just Gatorade tonight. And I was like, easy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, but you were saying it's it's not, you don't feel like it's a lot of people who are into leather and or the bear communities who are there. I feel like it's the majority. That you think that a majority of the people are leather and bear? Into one or the other or both. I think there's a lot of support for everyone to try everything if you want to. If you show an interest, 
there it, there's a leather store on site each year. Yeah. Leatherworks from Fort Lauderdale. Oh, yeah. They also have Stompers Boots. They provide seminars every day of the week where if you want to try to learn about bondage or flogging, you can sign up for their class and learn about it. There's no requirement for you to have any knowledge about it, and it's provided as part of coming to camp. Right. So you don't you could be a drag queen attending a flogging class and then believe it or not, got one year it got incorporated into her song. Wow, the flogging. Yes. <laughs> we should also let people know so when you come to this campground, some people bring tents, some people drive in campers and stay in there. Some people rent cabins that are mm-hmm. on site and these cabins are so ornately decorated. There's actually a decorating competition. And some of these cabins, one in particular, they they literally arrive in trucks and they have furniture. They have drag like you've never seen drag. I mean, like dozens and dozens of wigs and pairs of shoes and makeup. They bring uh, frozen cocktail machines. One year they brought a glory hole, like uh, an actual glory hole. They also bring they have their own dryer. Because they want fresh, fluffy towels. Yeah. Wow. And they have a, a big, gigantic deep freezer, a hot dog roller. These are expensive gaze. Yeah. And fun. I mean, that's, I always end up in that cabin after my show. Hot dog roller. Everybody ends up in that cabin at the end of the night. It's a fun cabin. Um, <laughs> Come for the nudity, stay for the hot dogs. Yeah. Nice. Exactly. Um, but, but my point is that everyone is welcome. And it's not, uh, it's not about like how hot you are, how, Good your body not. is, how big it your penis is. It has nothing to do with how you look. It's all how you feel. Just come and be yourself, and you'll you'll find something to do. Mm-hmm. If you came and you didn't have a good time, you really weren't trying. Absolutely. Now tell us about the Pocono Eagle and how they're involved with with camp this year. Many years ago, the leather community had a series of cabins and parties that they hosted on Thursday night. Of course, with anything, when people stop coming... And, and hosting events, it sort of falls by the wayside. So the president of GNI, Dan Mars, who's also a Mr. GNI Leather, and Bearman from Leatherworks spoke with me, and the three of us resurrected the Pocono Eagle experience, which is the leather community. We have the leather barracks, with, which all the leathermen, if they want, they're welcome to stay with us. We built a, a working dungeon with all the dungeon equipment. Now this is a side piece that we're doing from the passion that we have. It's not sponsored or paid for by GNI. Right. Mm-hmm. But everyone's welcome to come and have a good time. Now, if you don't want to see or participate in it, you will not see or participate with anything you don't feel comfortable doing. Sure. So I always tell people, if you if you come to camp and you want to go home with blue balls, you will definitely go home with blue balls. It's not going to be our fault for making you have an accident. But that actually leads to my next question. How big a role does sex play in the gathering because you know i think the the message that i get from from gni as an organization is we're not about sex this is not a sex party this is not a a a sex vacation and yet we've got a, a hundreds of naked gay men staying in the same campground for a week you just mentioned a dungeon obviously stuff does happen so so how big a part does sex play in it you think for most most people who come i don't think it play it, it's any different than in our everyday life. So when you're well, putting it's a little different. Well, <laughs> if you've never been to the to a naked gathering, of course the first thing you think of when you see everyone naked is that oh my god, right away it's sex. The the driving force behind being at the gathering is that this is a non-sexual environment. 
we're creating an environment where you can then go and participate in those activities. Sure. It's not allowed to take place out in the general public area because we do keep cans, camp staff on for us to cook yeah, the and food the, and the and staff the garbage. Are, the staff are often like young straight guys. Oh, really? Do they have to be naked? No. No. No, but they have been known to um, get into the spirit oh, of really? some of the events over feel, the years. Feel the, feel the nature. Mm-hmm. So we do have a place at camp called Across the Lake. And <laughs> I've heard of Across <laughs> the Lake. <laughs> and the, the name of my upcoming memoir. And the camp staff is known to not go across the lake. So if you have this fantasy of wanting to go fuck in a field of green grass, you can go across the lake and let that happen. Yes, Chris, you're familiar with the meat rack in Fire Island? Yes. Across the lake is like one enormous meat rack. Wow. But what's interesting is, and I remember this every year, when you leave camp and cross the little footbridge that takes you across the lake, that's the only time you can't be naked. You have to bring a towel and cover up your genitals. Because that's actually seen from the road. Oh, interesting. So people who are driving on that road must wonder, what is going on with <laughs> like this, like a- this high-traffic roadway area of people covered in towels? towels. And that's a good. That raises a good point too. There's etiquette involved with with naturism and yes. nudism, right? And ex- explain about the towel. Any time you are going to sit down, you should really put a towel between your butt and the seat that you're sitting on. There's sure. no reason for you to want to put your potentially unhygienic backside on a public <laughs> chair. It's just good policy. It's good policy. Yeah, you yeah. never know when there's an oops. Now, I I love having my towel with me when I'm at camp because I tend to use the towel in any number of ways. Sometimes it's a sarong, sometimes it's a it's turban, like a wrap, it's yeah. a cape. I I I don't love to be naked in front of other people. I just don't. I'm not a naturist. I love these guys and I love performing for them and I'm perfectly happy to get on stage naked. But most of the week, I'm naked with my towel wrapped around me. You've seen me. Does that count though? Are you allowed to do that? I mean, because I'm like hired help, I, I get uh-huh. like a pass. Like I, I performed once there with Lipsinka. Uh-huh. And let me tell you something. She was never naked. Yeah. Never, and no one was giving her any shit about it. I just wonder, are there like are there like naturists like like police or like snatching the towel off or? That is a good know? question. If you are attending the gathering and you consistently are covered up, uh-huh. there are some long long time members who find it offensive that you're attending a nude gathering sure. and you're, you're covered the whole time. I've had people say to me like, hey, what's with the towel? But they're not aggressive or, or nasty about right. it. They're just no. like genuinely curious. And then I'll say, oh, I'm the comedian. I'm, I'm, I'm not a guest. And they'll be like, okay. And I'm just here for the laugh. I'm just here for the <laughs> laughter. All right, Brian, in our time remaining, it is time to play everyone's favorite game. It's called Ask Me No Questions. Ask Me No Questions. Ask Me No Questions. Yeah. Where is the wildest place you've ever been naked? Alcatraz. What? (laughs) The prison in San Francisco? Yes. Why were you naked there? Years ago, there was an opportunity to put your name in a lottery to rent Alcatraz for an overnight. So I got a group of my friends to all write letters to ask to be put in the lottery. You had to send your letter dated in the... had to be postmarked in the month of November. Then in December, they pulled the letters out of the barrel... And assigned you a weekend based upon the order of how they drew them. My group, actually, we won three dates. We picked the one that we wanted and threw the other two back. You had to get an insurance policy for liability. Yeah. And you had to get a park service permit. So a dozen of my friends stayed overnight at Alcatraz, and we slept in cell block D. 
wow. slept in the Birdman cell. And once we got finished with our tour after the general public got sent home, we were told we could do what we want. Just every <laughs> every hour they'll come and check up on us. So. so you got naked and ran amok? Ran amok, took pictures, and had a great time. Did That's you fuck amazing. in the cells? Oh, we're out of time. Uh, <laughs> now you're going to get shy after all that? Um, what? Do, which do you prefer in terms of a naked man, a grower or a shower? I wouldn't notice. I'm still locked onto their eyes. Oh, they're a good answer. What's the biggest dick you've ever seen? Yours. <laughs> we know that's not true. <laughs> You'll have to show me after the show. I have seen, I mean, from a distance, I do look at people's dicks at G&I, and there are some yeah. very impressive members. If anyone I, remembers, I probably think uh, Ben Andrews. He was a Lucas film star. And, and has been at The Gathering? He's not been to The Gathering, uh, but seen around New York. Yeah. I, uh, I am neither a grower nor a shower. But uh, I'm <laughs> certainly more of a grower. Sure. We're all growers and, in our own and, way. And there's a picture of me somewhere on the internet on the stage at GNI completely naked. And it li- literally looks like I have a clitoris. Like no. when I'm performing comedy, it's never smaller because I'm just. Right. As a performer. Yeah. People are like, so do you get turned on on stage? And you're like, no. no. I'm I, like. I've even taken Viagra before a GNI I was just going to say, we'll give you some M&Ms. Make sure you concentrate on the blue ones before you go on stage. Yeah. No, seriously. I w- I'm actually thinking of trying something different this year at the end of the show that would involve me getting hard. But we'll, we'll see if I can pull that off. We can make <laughs> pull it off. Hey there. Um, Brian Poppers, pro or con? It's your choice. These Once answers are so safe. Of course. Do you like them? Once in a while. Not every time. Okay. Um, what is your favorite leather accoutrement? My harness. I have handcuffs across the front of them. Oh, that's sexy. I find with harnesses, they chafe me. How do you avoid chafing? Wear it more frequently. <laughs> Why are you laughing, Chris? Because <laughs> I'm such a pain in the ass. When I wear my harness. <laughs> well, I rarely have worn them, but like oh, yeah. someone actually left a harness at my house once and never claimed it. I tried to give it back and it, it's a sexy thing. I, I yeah. think leather's very sexy. So I've worn it like to parties where it would be appropriate. And um, I like the way it looks, but it always like just kind of rides up on me and it, oh. I feel like it gives me a rash. Maybe you need a refitting on it. That, yeah, probably. Maybe I just shouldn't wear leather. Have you ever worn pleather? No. Never. Never. Do you reject pleather on yes. principle? I'm a vegan, so I actually would, would only buy pleather at this point. Um, have you ever engaged in pup play? I have not. I have nothing against it. It's uh, fun to watch. Not your thing? Um, yeah, it's not my thing. Chris, you like pup play? Never done it. Again, like, do you. But um, I'm actually, you know, when I'm, when I'm on, on my own, I'm just very, very natural i'm in nature yeah I don't, I don't know what i'm saying actually you just like sex i just like sex um brian who's simple. your favorite civil war historian <laughs> i'm just kidding i just threw that My in there father's to not you. here <laughs> <laughs> the correct answer was doris kearns goodwin um <laughs> what are you most looking forward to at this year's gathering it it, it what day because every day is another fun event for me. I mean, I participate in Stormy Weather's variety show. and I'm Stormy gonna, Weather. Yes. Stormy's awesome. And then 
participating in the, the leather contest and then the Miss Lace contest on Friday. So it's like every day is really the question. We should tell mm. people that the Gay Nature's International Annual Gathering happens this August 17th through 26th. For details and to register, visit gaynaturist.org. Brian, how do we follow you on social media? Are you on the Twitter and the Instagram? I'm on Facebook. Um, you can also follow me at the GNI Facebook group. You can find me there. Thank you, Brian Ballone. Thank you, Chris Harder. Yes. Remember, guys, next week it's Saturday at 11 a.m. Tune in.